Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. When we started this podcast, one of the founding goals that we had for it was that we wanted this podcast to be a platform for open, candid conversations about issues that women like you are dealing with every day. Now, having that goal for this podcast means that we will not always be talking about cheery, surface-level topics. Sometimes we're going to have to go deeper and put a mirror in front of things that maybe we as a community have been trying our hardest to avoid. Today is one of those episodes. Today, we want to talk about getting to a place where we're okay with not being okay. Are you cringing? (laughs) Is your heart beating a little faster? Did your ears just perk up even though everything in you is wanting to just maybe skip this episode and keep pushing through your day? We get it. I mean, we live in a society that is hardwired to never show weakness, to always be at the top of our game and just be performing at a breakneck speed in order to be seen as valuable. But we all know that that's not healthy, both mentally and physically. We're human. We are finite beings. Our bodies need breaks. Our minds need peace and our souls need nurturing. So today, Let's pull down this unhealthy wall of plastered on smiles and mental whispers of just keep going, you're fine, nothing's wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's learn to be okay with not being okay. And then let's learn how to get through how you're feeling in a healthy way. Joining me today is Dr. Shannon Crawford. Dr. Crawford is a licensed clinical psychologist, a conference speaker, adjunct professor, and innovator expert in restoring self-cohesion. Her life mission is to impact a generation by empowering individuals and organizations to identify and eliminate internal blocks that hinder them from optimally thriving and fulfilling their life purpose. Dr. Crawford was actually on the Forward blog back in 2019, and she walked our readers through the idea that struggling mentally is not a sign of spiritual weakness. Mm. Dr. Crawford also just launched her own podcast, Unlock You, with Dr. Shannon Crawford. So I was so grateful to be able to get her on this episode just to continue that conversation that she started back in 2019 in a way and have her share her wisdom, both from a psychological standpoint, as well as a spiritual one. So Dr. Crawford, thank you for being here today to dive into this important topic with us. It is an honor and a privilege. I love the Forward community and it is my tribe. Oh, good. We love you too. (laughs) So have you, as a licensed clinical psychologist, seen an upswing in mental health issues since the pandemic began? Absolutely. Many of us live perfectly, as you described, at this breakneck uh, speed. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when you add that on top of the burdens and the stress of constantly pivoting, and then now having to work remotely and all the adjustments, and then many families are having to share more common space and um, now having to maybe homeschool. And so everything that was already, (laughs) if you think of a house, if like there was Mm a foundational fracture that was fine. It was kind of like mast, but now you put enough pressure. Now it's like, this is leaking. This is an issue. And our foundation is really um, starting to create some symptoms. And so most, um, most therapists are actually having a waiting list in our area. I don't, I can't speak to the whole nation, but um, it's been pretty significant. Hmm. I mean, in your opinion, is there maybe a larger number of people out there that are struggling and like you said, you know, that that crack in the foundation is kind of starting to 
make some visible issues, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, so they're struggling, but maybe they're just too afraid or embarrassed to seek help or even just say something. Yes, absolutely. And I think it would be helpful to even share a story of a woman that recently I saw. So there's a lot of people who don't reach out and they wait until the symptoms snowball into something much Mm -hmm. larger and bigger. So this woman is professional. She's type A. She's driven. She's corporate, higher, upper management, beautiful, has family, has loved ones around her, support system. Mm -hmm. Um, And her anxiety had got such to a pitch level that her adrenal system, you know, when you use up all your neurochemicals, everything bottoms out on you. And so she was going into a depressive phase um, and became suicidal. And so Mm. the depression was so rampant because she would not stop and rest and take care of herself. And so by the point that her family is now bringing her, like rushing her in, um, I was saying, you know, walk me through the progression. And I think it just sounded so... Um, unfortunately common for a lot of us Mm. that we are high achievers, we can accomplish a lot. And like you said at the intro, that we have that little nagging voice. It's like, no, just keep going. You've got this. It's okay. Um, And by staying in that constant uh, driver dictator mode, uh, this darling Mm. woman who actually has people who love her just felt like I cannot go on anymore. And it really didn't need to get to that level. She didn't have Mm. bipolar or schizophrenia or anything significant as a precursor, this is just what happens if you drive your car and you never change your oil and you never uh, tend to your engine, you are going to destroy a car that's perfectly functioning just from a lack of self-stewardship. And so many Mm. of us, myself included, um, we've run into these cycles of burnout. We laugh about it. It's part of culture. It's normal. We just grab Mm. another, you know, chocolate or coffee or whatever, a stimulant to kind of wake ourselves back up. Um, But then we're never actually tending to the soul. And then you put the pandemic on top of that and all the variables, the (laughs) unknowns, the stress, so many things that I just want to validate for people. You're not supposed to have to go through that many pivots in a row. Like there's these really trendy words that everybody's like, oh, you know, you got to pivot. You got to be able to, it's like, geez, Louise, (laughs) like you're still human. Right. And I'm, I'm an right. entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman. I understand the need and the deadline mm. and being an executive. Um, but right. you just have so many hats as women and you're being pulled in so many directions. Um, one of the analogies I thought of in a prayer and preparation for this talk is if you were playing in the Super Bowl, a professional athlete doesn't play the Super Bowl every day after day after day after day. You would mm. burn out your best player. What we do is we go, okay, I'll be mom hat, I'll be relationship hat, I'll be the executive, I'll be the carpool, I'll be the finance person at home doing the budgeting. And oh, we've got to think about meals too somewhere along the way. And I've got to pick up socks and toys (laughs) because those are hazards. You know, there's a million Mm -hmm. different things going on. You would never play a professional athlete every single day like that right? So many women are playing the offensive and the defensive, offensively trying to lead your team when you're just as anxious and overwhelmed as everybody else. Uh, You're trying to block stressors and stand up for your kids when they're changing their school system yet again. And it's just like so overwhelming. So you're playing these um, competing roles all the time, trying to do the offensive and the defensive that many times self-care kind of putting the oxygen on the mask, um, for -hmm. yourself is the last thing that's tended to at the end of the day. Well, I mean, why do you think, 
we struggle so much with admitting that we aren't okay because I mean, like you said, there's all these like emerging, you know, keywords, I guess, of like, you know, oh, burnout, like there's not really a stigma around burnout anymore. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, I'm feeling crushingly anxious or, you know, there's, there's like this stigma, which I mean, we all know that mental health just in general has a stigma still, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so like, how do we, or why do we think, you know, it's easier to just keep pushing through, you know, and putting on a smile, you know, why is it in your opinion, so difficult to just go, you know what, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, there's several factors. One, Mm -hmm. adrenaline is released when we're on the go. So Mm -hmm. in a perfect equilibrium, you would have eustress. Eustress is the term for that right amount of like cortisol in your system. You can think, you can focus, Mm -hmm. you're working under the gun, you're accomplishing things. And that feels really good. That releases tons of endorphins and dopamine. And there's that achievement high, just like runners have a high. So there's that high. And many of us are actually chasing that high because we love Mm -hmm. that feeling of success, accomplishment, marking things off the list, climbing the ladder, getting the approval. Um, being the strong one. Um, and mm-hmm. so in that place, many of us are trying to avoid distance and distract from our own pain, shame, vulnerability, scared, inadequacy. So in order to do that, think of it like a dam. We've been whack a moling everything down below the waterline yeah. and the dam is starting to <laughs> yeah. crack. But for mm-hmm. many of us, we have placed our identity around being the helper, the strong one, the leader, the one that's there for everybody else. And so even if many of us, you know, may even have a martyr internal, you know, like, oh, they'd let me cook the dishes and do the corporate meeting and then nobody on the team is helping and my kids and husband, and blah, blah, blah. we may have the yeah. martyr narrative, but we're still not changing the dynamic mm-hmm. that we're allowing ourselves to be in. We're still not delegating. We're still not trusting and empowering and passing the baton because there's a part of us that's actually getting identity, worth, value Mm. through being the one that's strong and the helper and the competent. And so you take somebody who that's their role in life. That's kind of their self-assigned sense of value. And now Mm -hmm. I'm the weak one. I'm the one that has to go to therapy. I'm the one that has to have somebody come and take stuff off my plate and remove responsibilities. Well, then who am I? Am I still going to be trusted? Right. Am I still going to be respected? Do I still have value in this organization? If I have to go on FMLA, am I like completely worthless and I have a big letter of F for failure on my forehead? How is a team going to lead, you know, follow my leadership if I'm the one that's cracking under pressure? So there's all this fear, inadequacy, scared stuff going on in the background. And so denial is this wonderful little defense mechanism. It just minimize and we just suppress and we whack-a-mole everything back down below the waterline and I deny it. And so I just keep running. And I may have kind of like the check engine light on a car going, hey, Mm -hmm. something's not okay. And that's a symptom. That's like, man, I'm having three glasses of wine a night to sleep. Man, I'm kind of popping a lot of pain pills in order to not feel that. Man, I'm at like six cups of coffee a day. You know, (laughs) I'm starting to have heart palpitations. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to um, have ruminating and intrusive thoughts. I'm starting to fantasize about having a different life or not being here or being married to somebody else, having this fantasy, which is another form of escape or denial. I'm trying to avoid my Mm -hmm. present reality because adrenaline keeps protecting me. 
Like if you were mm. running out of a burning building, you would be able to run on a broken leg because there's so much adrenaline that it masks you from being aware of how much pain you're in. So the reason many of us, me included, don't want to stop from running and going task to task, even in our mind, even if we're sitting down watching TV, but our brain keeps going, that is still an unconscious attempt to not fully be present inside. Hmm. And that's where all that pain, frustration, hurt, scared, inadequacy, incompetence, all that stuff is buried way deep inside. And it's not until yeah. I stop and acknowledge and go, actually, I'm really angry. I'm really scared. I'm really overwhelmed. This such this situation is just terrible. And until I'm able to acknowledge my humanity and my frailty, I will constantly stay at this neck break pace, wearing myself out, being the best, you know, quarterback on the field and yet constantly getting injured where you're having to go to the hospital, your immune system is compromised, you've got something else going on, you're starting to be more clumsy because your brain can only only handle so much and eventually things are going to start leaking out of that dam and that's what symptoms are. Symptoms are letting you know something's not okay, check the engine, mm -hmm. address it now before it becomes much larger than it needs to be. Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned, you know, you struggle, you know, or you you need to, you know, constantly be self-checking because yes. you know, I mean, I think that's another part of it too is you don't want to admit that something is wrong because then you can't be helping somebody else. You know, you can't it's be that lot. support or you think, you know, Hey, I can't be a support for this person because I'm going to say, well, I have a problem. So then I'm letting them down. You know, maybe it was another thought that comes to mind. So, I mean, like for you, I mean, so obviously you help people through mm -hmm. things like this, but what do you do? You know, when you see that your check engine light is on. Yeah. Um, well, several things. I have regular appointments for myself because hmm. uh, I live by the quote by Brennan Manning that says the wounded healer, that the Lord hmm. works the most beautifully through those who acknowledge their own woundedness because through my weakness, hmm. his strength is made perfect. And I believe in order to be a good steward of the presence of God in therapy, then I need to make sure that I'm pulling back and letting him minister to me. So I have my own appointments. And then uh, I just think the Lord is really sweet. I think he provides opportunities and he's just waiting for us to say yes. And mm. so one uh, friend said, hey, I'd like you to meet this woman. She wants to hire you as a consultant for her book to give the psychological background of what she's doing. Mm. Um, and so this one particular morning, I have the consultation that morning. She's going to pay me to give her all the psychology terms. And let's be honest, I wake up and I'm like, I am burnt out. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm. I want to stay in pajamas. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Lord, I just want someone to minister to me. I am tired. Mm. And and mm. I'm still getting my own personal sessions. But I just woke up and I'm like, I'm cranky. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to show up. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> high achievers don't Gotta cancel. Do yeah. <laughs> right? So exactly. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Put my makeup on. Do my hair. I come out. We meet. And she's like, actually, I feel like I'm supposed to do this prophetic painting thing, just like ministry thing to you first for you to receive, to minister to you first. And then I think you'll be able to speak better to the psychology terms of what I'm doing. And then that'll help with my book. <laughs> and so I was like, Jesus, I had my little yeah. laptop. I was type A. <laughs> I was ready. And then yeah. he's just like, he'll provide opportunities if we say yes. 
And in that oh, moment, yeah. I could have said, oh, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, I just want – I'm here to serve mm-hmm. you. I just want to give you the terms. You don't have to do that on me. You know, I could have been very gracious and lovely. But mm-hmm. what I'm really doing is denying the help that Jesus is putting in our life. And so if I go full circle to the woman I was referencing in the story – Um, she has help around her. She has people who want to love her and be there for her, but she was self-selecting without realizing it. She wasn't doing it on purpose. It was unconscious, but she didn't want to acknowledge needing help because she has so invested in seeing herself as the helper, as the strong Mm -hmm. one, the one that's there for everybody Mm -hmm. else. And so many of us, even listening right now, you may wonder, Lord, have you already put some people, resources, things in my life that I haven't been allowing, right? How many times people say, oh, girl, let me just do your laundry. You know, oh, let me come over and just help you with that. Let me take the kids off your plate and I'll just do that. Or, you know, is there anything I can do to take something off your plate? And we always say, oh, no, you're so nice. Thank you. Right. We Mm self-exclude from anybody being able to help us. And that's a possibility that one, we need to margin in time for self-care. I have my Mm -hmm. own appointments. I go to people, I mean, multiple, like I, I have a lot going on. Right. So I think that I need to be the best version of me if I'm going to be touching that many lives and serving that many people because you're human. And throughout the day, you're possibly going to be triggered up to 100 times and not realize it. And a trigger just Mm -hmm. means old stuff can kind of just like the scab gets pulled off. And it's so subtle Mm -hmm. that you may not notice it in the moment. But then you just kind of feel funky or off or weird and you're craving junk food or wanting to watch social media and just like tune the world out. Those little Mm -hmm. triggers are happening all the time. And so for me to love others well and serve well means I have my own appointment. So one, my encouragement is having margin where you're Mm. having somebody else invest into you. That could be a friend. That could be a pastor. It could be pastoral counseling. It could be a therapist. It could be a life coach. Whatever for you is just sitting down and creating that margin, especially if you're a leader especially if other people are looking to you during times of crisis and pivot and world pandemics, like it would just be wisdom (laughs) to make sure that you're saying, Hey God, through my weakness, your strength is made perfect. But if I'm so insulated and always on, I'm not actually creating room for the Holy Mm -hmm. spirit to move through me because I'm still gutting it out through willpower. And then secondly, I would say, so make the margin, create space and time and priority for yourself, especially if you're influencing others. Secondly, you want to make sure that you're saying yes to the opportunities around you. There are Mm. so many little sweet gifts, but many times if we're not looking for it, we don't recognize it. I mean, many, Mm. many women I work with, I work as a leadership consultant as well. And so they'll say, oh yeah. And then this girl said she'd come over and do my laundry, but I'm embarrassed. My house is not clean. I can't let them do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it actually sounds like the Lord is offering help, but you keep Mm. shutting the door to that. And so that would be a silly, frivolous example, but wouldn't that just be sweet if some of us who are used to always being the the put together, the image, the perfect house before people can come over, what if we just said, okay, you know, socks are on the floor, dirty laundry and dishes. Yeah. Yeah, come on over. Or yes, you can come organize my office. Yes, I would let you do that. You know, or even paying somebody. There's professional organizers and cleaners and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things. I don't need to tell you all that. But saying yes to the opportunities around you. And then three, I would say we need to, myself included, 
um, I had a night the other night where I stayed at the office until 11 p.m. <clears throat> I had wow. nine appointments back to back with no breaks. So you wow. know the demand for therapy right now is pretty high, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so the Lord just gave supernatural grace. I had supernatural energy. But I will tell you this. I left that night not burnt out because the night before I felt like the Lord said, do no work tonight, get a massage and don't listen to anything. It was like my brain had just become overstimulated. You know, indoors we live with, you know, lights and noise and AC and sound and podcasts. I love podcasts, don't get me wrong. But we constantly yeah. have some <laughs> kind of stimulus and your brain is actually right. having to process all of that. That's mm -hmm. constant noise. The brain is being stressed, having to always be on and thinking about something. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even listen to worship music, which I normally do, which I picture kind of like an IV, like you're just putting worship music right mm -hmm. in your yeah. veins. Like I know in stressful times, that's what my go-to. But he said, don't even yeah. do that. Just go on a walk in nature. So I spent mm -hmm. this night not working, getting a massage, for myself. And I am, this is the week of a launch. So I had every excuse mm. to say, Lord, I should be, you know, finessing. I should double checking. I should, you know, and if you look at all my material, it's not perfect by any means. Could I have gone back and done more? Yes. But is it worth the cost of burning yourself out? Right. So got the massage, didn't work, went on a walk and then went to bed crazy early. So I got like mm. nine hours of sleep the night before. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> so the Lord's actually preparing us if we will heed those little uh, nudges. You know, I didn't have mm. Charlton Heston in my head going, Shannon, thou shalt not work tonight. Get a massage, <laughs> you know. But it was just this like right. impression. And if we'll get more mm -hmm. sensitive to that impression, then we can go, hey, tonight I'm spending with the kids. Tonight yeah. I'm going on a date with my honey. Tonight, I am having a lone introvert time and I'm recharging so that I can extrovert tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mentioned earlier, you had talked with us a couple years ago now, which is crazy. That's been that long. <laughs> um, but you talked to us about, you know, not viewing mental health struggles as a sign of spiritual weakness. And, you know, something that you said, like, you know, you didn't have this voice in your head that was, you know, saying to do that. Do people ever maybe misunderstand that voice and they think, oh, that's, you know, the devil, you know, like that, that can't be God telling me to rest because, you know, I need to be, you know, doing my best for the kingdom. And, you know, I need to be, you know, have supernatural strength because, you know, God's with me. And, you know, do people ever maybe twist it? Mm -hmm. And go, you know, no, that can't possibly be God telling me that I need to take a break because then that would make me look weak, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think the interesting thing about our walk with Christ is that there's always a developmental progression. You know, he even talks, mm -hmm. Apostle Paul talks about you're going from milk into meat. So there's a maturing mm -hmm. that happens. Right. So the gospel is a pretty wonderfully simple, but also extravagantly complex concept. Mm -hmm. And so throughout scripture, we see it woven that there's always these opposing kind of juxtaposition concepts that we're supposed to hold at the same time. A right. child cannot do that. A child needs an adult to tell them, go to bed. 
I said, go to bed now. And the kid goes, no, I want to stay up. I want to keep watching this. I want to do my homework. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. how I picture many of us, even myself. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I just, you know, I'm just going to finish this thumbnail for the podcast. I just, you know, it's, yes, it's 1230. I don't care. I just need to finish this thing. And the Lord's like, go to bed, Mm -hmm. go to bed, go to bed. Right. And so there's that (laughs) developmental stage where it's like, I need Mm -hmm. somebody outside of me to kind of regulate me. And then he starts talking about you as co-heirs with Christ. And he talks Mm -hmm. about this concept of partnership, that you're no longer this like little kid. And yes, we always stay a child and we come to him as a child. But now there's this Mm -hmm. maturing and this partnership that's happening. And through that time, our brain is also learning how to hold seemingly opposite concepts at the same time. So like, for instance, justice and mercy are kissing over the tabernacle. That's really Mm -hmm. hard to say, is God justice or is God mercy? We live in a generation where everything is about hyper mercy, hyper, everything is just, everything's acceptable. There's no actual rules. There's no actual sin. You know, that doesn't really exist because we like the mercy God because the justice or judgment God, we didn't like him. That led a lot of people away from God. So now we've gone to the other pendulum instead of learning how to hold seemingly opposite things together. So back to your question of when people hear the, hey, just take a rest, take a breather, or there's this feeling or impression of like, hey, put that down. Just spend some time with me or with your family or just introverting where nobody needs anything from you. Many times we struggle with that because we've only known half of the revelation of who God is and who I am in relationship with him. I'm still the task-oriented employee where he's the boss and he's telling me to work more right? That's still that performance, perfection oriented. And the Lord is now shifting us not into just be lazy and eat bonbons all the day, right? That would be the other pendulum. But he's saying self-stewardship is learning this beautiful tension of saying, yes, I'm going to work as unto the Lord with a spirit of excellence. Yes, I am an overcomer in every scripture about being a leader and not being uh, cast down, but being an overcomer in each of these areas. Yes, that's true. And It is equally true that you are a finite, broken piece of clay that he is forming Mm -hmm. and shaping into this extravagant vessel. And where there's cracks and where there's weakness, his glory actually shines more beautifully through those areas. Even this morning, instead of getting my Bible and reading and doing my, I felt like the Lord was like, just just let me sing over you. Mm. And I realized, man, I'm really sad. And I'm really angry and I have a lot of pain inside that I would rather busy and distract and avoid. And so even this morning, I was crying with the Lord in my quiet time that Mm. some days it's task, you know, you want to memorize the scripture, you want to go through the Bible study. And then some days he's like, hey, would you let me just minister to your heart? Can you Mm. use your imagination and just picture cuddling up next to me and placing your head on my chest? We have to learn this tension of how do I stay in that sweet spot of, yes, I'm an overcomer. Yes, I walk by faith. Yes, I work Mm -hmm. excellently. But I'm also this precious little child with Christ where I'm so desperate and needy in a great way. And my weakness Mm -hmm. leads to more intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm receiving that, I can give that. When I'm receiving, God wants me to keep working. I have to be task-oriented. It's all about performance. Even though I may have good theology and I don't believe that consciously, if I'm a driver and I'm doing that to myself and I'm thinking God wants me to keep working, I am going to do that to others. 
And many of you, many of me, (laughs) we all are in this boat where we love God. We have good theology. We have good intentions, but we are leaking some of our own dynamics onto our family, our team, our colleagues, our community, our church. And we don't realize our blind spot because it's so automatic. And then Mm. now we're doing it to others. So if we're not learning that tension of how do I pull back and I say, God is mercy and justice. God is work Mm. and rest. God is serious and play and delight and exploration. Then that's a maturity. That's going from milk into meat where I'm now being Mm. led by the Holy Spirit rather than led by self-sufficiency. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, you can't go to any news website outlet, you know, whatever, and not just hear about how hard that women in the workforce have been hit just with everything with the pandemic. So I'm sure, you know, you have many women that are coming to you Mm -hmm. who they just, they feel like they can't handle one more thing. You know, like we talked about, there's just so many hats and so many tasks that we're having to take on now. Mm -hmm. So when, when you have a, a woman like that come to you, how do you counsel her? I mean, where do you, where do you even start? <laughs> um, well, first it's almost like exposure therapy where she has to be mm-hmm. fully present with herself, what she's been trying to avoid. Again, right. human nature, we've all been running out of a burning building called 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's all been a lot. Yeah. Um, So human nature is adrenaline. And again, this is not like a defense mechanism. This is just human nature. You will run until you finally tell your body, hey, it's safe now. You're okay. Mm -hmm. The stress is over. Nobody needs anything right now. So a lot of times I'll start just a very practical with deep breaths. Mm. So deep breaths push on the little organs and that sends a nerve called the vagus nerve. It sends a signal to your amygdala and the amygdala is like the brain's fire alarm system. Mm. And it, that's the fight, flight, freeze, panic, dread, workaholic. Um, and so it finally tells it, hey, you can turn off. I'm okay now. Mm. Reason is because we are physiologically wired for attachment. So mm. from of us, again, running out of a burning building, we have been running on our own strength even as Christians, even praying, even going to church, loving God, reading our Bibles, at a psychological level, I'm going, I have to get this done. I have to do this. Okay. And then I need to do, I can't forget to do that. Oh, I also should do this, blah, blah. And so what you're doing is your brain is running like I need to do these things. So if you were a Mm -hmm. computer, it's like you have a thousand million minimized browser windows and you're trying to toggle same time. It's going to make your whole processing system much slower, sluggish, difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's a very frustrating place to be. And so one, I have to tell her system, hey, we're safe and you're connected. Mm. The difference would be, hey, God, here's my need. The kids need this today. My boss needs this or my team needs this. Um, My church needs this. You know, my friend group needs this. So Lord, what is your strategy to help me in each of these areas? And then sitting down and then being still and quiet and starting to answer, okay, here's what I'm sensing. Lord, what's the battle plan? Just like David, he would have a victory in battle and then go to the Lord and God would give him a different strategy for the next battle. Our brain is running so fast. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. The noun is I. It's not God. 
And that's Mm. why we're tired. When the noun is I, I have to do this. You are literally placing yourself on accident. And this is something God's convicted of of me. um, That's called self-idolatry on accident. Because I'm looking Mm. to me as my source. I need to do these things. And then I rack my brain of how I can do them with the resources I have in my life right now. Hmm. Requiring no intimacy, no relationship, no faith, no belief, because I'm a workhorse and I can do that. I'm a high achiever. I'm a performer. I have an incredible work ethic. So I can do that. Hmm. And the Lord is right there saying, hey, I'm available. And now that, let me clarify, I never stopped praying. I never stopped Mm -hmm. saying, hey, God, help me with this day. Help me with this, blah, blah, blah. But my heart posture was still looking to me. Even though I was praying, reading my Bible, going to church, doing all the Christian things, my soul was still leaning toward, I have to get all of this done. And you know what Mm -hmm. that breeds? Resentment. It breeds this feeling of everybody's putting on me, and then I get resentful. I feel a little bit entitled to have my third glass of wine. I feel a little entitled to, and that's not necessarily my story, but this I'm kind of running through things that all my clients (laughs) go through, right? Um, Or talking to that person on Facebook Messenger that you know you shouldn't be talking to, you know, or flirting with that person at the bar that you know you should not be doing, or responding to that ex that you really shouldn't be responding to, or um, (laughs) shopping, right? A lot of women release it that way. Mm -hmm. If we are Mm -hmm. so enslaved to that, then we have to, we're literally entitled to try to get our needs met because I am the God. I have to take care of everybody. Everybody's putting on me and so am I. And so then of course I have to splurge. Of course I have to just let loose every once in a while and just kind of, the issue is the the heart posture is saying, Hey God, Mm -hmm. I can't do this. And that's what surrender looks like. So for this woman in my office who, let's say she's come in, she's tired, she's weary, it's like first session. First, we're going to just talk about the heart posture. If she's a Christian, not all my clients are Christians by any means. I meet them where they're at um, in the language that makes sense to them. But if she were a Christian, we're going to talk about let's take deep breaths and let's focus mindfully on letting yourself be present with what you've been feeling in the context of relationship. Mm. You were stressed and burdened because you were doing it in your own strength, even though you were praying. Your soul was still doing it in your own strength. On the other Mm -hmm. side, you are made for connection. And the more Mm -hmm. that you surrender and you come into this place of release, the Lord is so faithful to scoop you up. I remember Mm -hmm. this time that I was particularly burnt out and overwhelmed. Uh, I think it was kind of the beginning-ish of the 2020 and the shelter in place and all of that Mm, pandemic. Um, And I was just looking at my list and like started crying. I'm like, I I can't do it. (laughs) I hate my life. Why do I put all this on myself? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so I just, I put the list before the Lord and I was like, and I didn't think I was being hyper-spiritual by any means. I was more like just- homeless feeling, you know, like mm-hmm. I have no life yeah. and hope. Yeah. I'm such a failure. Yeah. And so I was putting it in before the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I need you to do my to-do list today. I need you to take care of this mm-hmm. because I can't function and I just need to journal and process and get in your presence. And so I just went outside, put some worship music on, got some sunlight, started journaling and processing. And I have been with my particular bank for probably 10 years at that point. I've never had Mm. somebody call me from my bank. One, I was like, is this even legit? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Um, Right. So my, my bank assigned somebody all of a sudden that day 
to say, hi, my name's Brittany, and I'm now you're assigned as your personal banker at such and such bank, and we will be taking care of you, and blah, 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 and what else can I do for you? And I'm like, I have employees, and I need to do tax and stuff, and I don't know, and so many, and so uh, she's like, oh, I'll connect you with ADP. Okay, I'll set that meeting up for you. What else can I do for you? Oh, well, I need transaction fee, you know, processing. Oh, okay, great. I'll mm-hmm. connect you with this guy. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. I've never had up to that point. 10 years I've been with that bank. Nothing was different. The only variable difference, and I'm not saying Jesus always comes in like the same day, but I think he was illustrating a point for me of, hey, sunshine, you've been running on your own strength a really long time, praying, asking for help, but not really surrendering and releasing and and letting me be your source. And so in that moment of surrender, I'm now having a banker call me, set up appointments. She got me with my investors and all these people. Um, and on a side note, they're all Christian and they're all really sweet and respectful, integrous people so far, you know. So it's just been this delightful, it's probably been about five years that I now have a personal banker out of the blue. And I've talked to other people who are part of that bank and they're like, I've never had somebody call me from that bank. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Lord, surrender is such a great idea. So my woman in the session, I would have her surrender if she's willing, you know, surrender requires releasing the idolatry of control, releasing and surrendering and saying, God, I can't do this. I need your help. And in that place, now I'm going to receive by faith that you are working things on my behalf that I can't see. And that's the moment that your brain finally stops ruminating. It stops spinning and constantly interrupting your thoughts with, ooh, make sure you do the bank deposit. You know, make sure you mm-hmm. file your taxes. Make sure you remember that thing on your to-do list. It'll finally be quiet. And that's how you know mm-hmm. when you've finally surrendered because you've drawn your attention instead of self into, hey, God, here's my need. I'm inviting mm-hmm. you to be my source. And that's that first step of the journey. I mean, obviously, it would be nuanced, uh, specific, and tailored to her needs, but that would be that first one. We would do deep breaths to signal to her body you're safe. We would start taking off, visualize literally taking off a backpack of responsibility where we just tack on more and more and more responsibility and just have this feeling like nobody needs anything from you right now. Nobody wants anything from you. You literally can just be. And I would have her visualize being somewhere very, very safe with this warm sunlight washing over her cheeks, finally just getting to surrender and just be a girl. At the Mm. end of the day, no matter what your title, whatever fancy leadership position you may have, at the end of the day, you're just a girl who needs a big God to take her up, scoop her in his arms and say, I've got you and we're going to get through this and you can rely on my strength. Mm. Mm. I love that. I mean, you know, and, and all of us have bad days. I mean, you know, we all have times yeah. in our lives where things just don't go the way we want. And, you know, but when those days become weeks and then maybe months and then maybe years, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the situation I feel like then has gone yeah. beyond just having a bad day. Um, so what is the first thing that you would recommend to someone when they realize, okay, we haven't been okay for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first is realistic expectations that yeah. I have to learn as a high achiever, as many of you do, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should <laughs> do something. 
Right. Right. I love the book by Lisa Tykehurst. I hope I say her name right. Um, The Best Yes. Mm -hmm. There are many things competing and vying for your attention. And one of the strategies of the enemy in this generation, he may not get your salvation. He may never get you to turn on Christ, but he may get you so busy and burnt out and preoccupied that you're not as effective at the assigned ministry that God has called you. You know, Mm -hmm. you may be so fancy at work, but totally blank face and burnt out by the time you get home and your kids are looking at your face and kids are egocentric, by the way, egocentric means you're not having a hard day, mom, about something besides me. You're having, uh, you don't like me. You look disappointed Mm -hmm. at me. Kids take that very personal spouses take that very personal. They're going to say, man, I'm always getting the fumes and the leftovers. Or roommates or whatever life situation somebody might be in if they're listening to this. We tend to give our best to our achievement out here. And very rarely do we give our absolute best in the areas that matter the most. For instance, I have a friend that's in a very large corporation and she's HR. And so she knows that a lot of demands are coming her way. And because of COVID, she's now reorging. And so she's having to absorb a ton of responsibility, a lot more onto her plate. She had to release somebody that was um, her direct report. I mean, she's in a position where now she is absorbing like the whole corporation basically, but it's a lot. (laughs) Um, And so her stress level is pretty high, but she has to know that day, God, you're going to put an individual in front of me, help me to see them. Help me to stop and be fully present with the employee, the colleague, the friend, the community member, whomever. Because at the end of the day, we build, and God even convicted me of this, I'm building my little kingdom. I never once thought I was, but he he convicted me in his God way of like, what? That's not in me, sir. And then he showed me that it is. And I was like, dang it. And so (laughs) I can either build my kingdom and I can accomplish a thousand things and I can lead this org and I can change and I can innovate and I can pivot like the best of them. But did you love well? Did Mm, you serve well? Were you fully present with the person in front of you? So Mm. for many of us running weeks, days, months, years. And we've been in this stage for so long that we've kind of lost our bearings. We've lost our priorities of what is most important. Is Mm -hmm. it the, the task or is it the soul in front of you? Mm -hmm. How are you talking to your colleagues? How are you Mm -hmm. talking to your subordinates? Are you fully present and emotionally engaged and invested in their well-being? Or is it always about the task? And Mm, I am guilty of this just as much as anybody else. Most of what God does is he convicts me and, you know, lovingly uh, redirects me. And then he shows me, (laughs) and this is something in the body of Christ. This is really common going on right now. And so then through the breaking, right, it's through the crushing Mm. that now I can love better. So one, Mm. I would have the person change their expectations. You're going to need to delegate. You're going to need to stop being the only one. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is you're really good at it and you can do it. But can doesn't mean should. That doesn't mean that's the best and most eternal value for your time. Mm -hmm. It may be the thing on your list and it may be really important. 
but that may not be the thing God is calling you to do right now. Some of my friends, um, this is probably going to cause people to have a panic attack. Um, I'm not saying God's (laughs) having everybody do this. But for some of my friends, the Lord has said, hey, would you take a uh, sabbatical from work? Would you take Mm. a season and just be in my presence and trust me, I will take care of your family, your finances, your job and blah, blah, blah. And in each of their cases, when they stepped away, um, some came back to the same position. Some didn't have a job at the end of that. And the Lord provided something far better, Mm. which is really saying, I am releasing the expectation that this little nut that I'm holding right now is my little source, my kingdom, my name, my finances, my reputation. Everything is wrapped up in this career, title, job, position. If I surrender that and I open my hands, that's the true litmus test. Do I trust God? Is he actually Mm. the God of my life? Or is it me being able to strategize and plan and pray and talk to God, but really I'm still kind of creating the world around me? Mm, Secondly, so the expectations are one, but then how are you as the leader, how are you putting yourself in positions where you're not empowering others to be trained and equipped to create legacy to live beyond you? Many of you are really gifted, really talented. God has put such incredible strategy and leadership and empowerment and futuristic inside of you. Um, I love strength finders. So you have so many strengths. The issue is, are you capitalizing on the strengths of those around you in a good way? Are you empowering it? Are you recognizing it? Are you running so fast trying to get the team to come behind you and come on guys and delegate, but not in a way that's like transference and empowerment. It's more like, hey, I need you to do this, you to do this. And it's like a little machine gun at people because we're just trying to go after this mission. Even in ministry, I've seen this. I have a lot of clients that are in the nonprofit as well as um, ministry, as well as the corporate sector and entrepreneurialism. And so this is universal. This is a human characteristic, no matter what uh, org label is on it or family label is on it. We're all doing this where we can get so good at something that I'm used to doing it. And then I, I delegate the menial things, but I'm not necessarily empowering and equipping to create legacy that will live beyond me. So if the person has capacity at this point, then that's where I would start. Expectations. Let's go back to the drawing board. What do you have margin and capacity for? What is God Mm -hmm. actually asking you to be doing in this season versus what you're capable and used to doing? Three, let's start recognizing and praying in if they're not there or God highlighting the people he's already placed in your life that you are underutilizing and undervaluing in ways that could make the whole team structure more robust than just the figurehead where everybody is kind of like going after this leader person. And so your job is to look around and say, God, what have you already placed around this? You love this organization or business more than I do. You love these people yeah. and you want them to be employed. You're not a frivolous God that's just like, take the day off, eat ice cream. Everybody <laughs> will lose their jobs. Don't worry about it. You know, That's not God. Yeah. He cares about people. Right. And so we're going to talk about restructuring expectations and priorities, and we're going to talk about creating legacy where I'm living for something bigger than myself, not just the mission of the organization, but the actual infrastructure of human capital that people are precious 
And they need you to look at them. Even if you're in mid-management and you're kind of in the middle between everybody above and below you, you can still highlight somebody, look at them and say, hey, God, what strength do they have? What what gift do you want to highlight? What do you want to help them see? And Lord, how can I be an asset in their life to help cultivate that? Now, let me pause. If my client, you know, the vignette you gave is she's probably pretty burnt out. She doesn't have capacity for this conversation. But like the woman I shared about who got to the point of suicidal, she didn't need to be. She didn't have major mental health stuff. She's a normal type A achiever. She could have done this much earlier. And that's where the prevention. And I'm hoping people are listening right now who are like, yeah, you know, 2020 was really rough and it was a burning building and a dumpster fire and all the memes people have called it. Um, But I'm not not right now going to like... You know, I don't need to commit myself in the hospital this moment, but it's possible in the future. I don't know where things are going. And so I'm also trying to speak to those people that if you don't get ahead of it, you're a finite being. You're on this planet for a short amount of time. God is giving you stewardship over things, but they're not yours. Even if your name is on the the title of it, it's not yours. Your whole job Mm -hmm. and responsibility is to empower and raise up and create legacy for something to live beyond you. That way, it never just stops and dies with the figurehead. Mm. You are positioned to help cultivate and bring up other leaders, other people who can be recognized with their gift and their talent. So we're changing expectations. We're recognizing the gifts and the talents of those around us. And then I would have her say, now, let's also put a priority list. You say God is most important. You say your spouse is important. You say your kids. You say your job. You say your faith community and your um, nonprofit service or philanthropic, whatever you're doing. But let's actually do the numbers in your heart and in your uh, head, in your emotions. How much time are each of these getting? Yeah. Are they actually getting number one? Is God actually your first love? Is he really the first thing you think of? And like a kid, you cuddle up and go, hey, dad, what are you thinking? What you feeling? What's your favorite thing about me? You know, there's this book a lot of people are liking. I think it's Conversations with Jesus. Um, I don't, I'll I'll give you the link if people are interested. And it's just learning how to ask Jesus these childlike questions that we want to so be in love with the Bible and so in love with Jesus that it's like it comes alive and he truly is my source and sufficiency. And then we get to give out of abundance. So if I now wrap up the story of the woman who was suicidal after good consecutive, um, invested therapy. You know, people can go to therapy Mm. and they can kind of talk about their week. I mean, good therapy. Like we went deep. She allowed herself to cry, go to the pain, get the anger and bitterness. And she was able to forgive herself and everybody else. She was, you know, resenting and blaming for putting herself in this position, even though it was actually her Mm. putting herself in this position. Um, At the end of this, she is now in a place where she's like, I realize that I don't, I think I was kind of maybe a Christian before, but I don't know that I actually had fully surrendered my life to Jesus. And now I am fully giving my life to Jesus. And she's now considering Mm. some pivots in her trajectory of where she may may be going in some future seasons. She's now able to say, I want intimacy more than I want titles and achievement and accolades and money. And that's Mm. a big deal. Even as Christians, we've got stuff, right? We've got souls. We're high achievers. We're performers. We want to get things done. It's visionaries and leaders. 
And for her to now say, I want to live for something bigger than myself. Now, she could have said Mm. the bumper sticker expression of that before, but it wasn't really true. It wasn't from her heart. Right. Right. And now she's no longer suicidal, not depressed, not anxious. She's rejuvenated, refreshed. And then in our last appointment, she said, I realized that I was really taking my family for granted. And when they Mm. would try to reach out, it would always just kind of be off-putting. Like, it just wasn't enough. It's Mm. not what I need. Just kind of like, ugh. And she would just kind of bristle. But she didn't know Mm. that she was doing that. She's now encountering the Lord in a way that he's touching her on the shoulder and saying, hey, are you aware of how you're treating people? The very Mm. people that love you and are here for you are the ones that you're accidentally kind of bristling and pushing them away, and you're not pouring back into them. Because when I'm the God of my life, when I'm the little Christian superhero doing everything for God, then Mm -hmm. I am entitled to get real resentful and bitter at everybody else that they're not pulling their weight and they're not doing enough. And I'm the only one over here having to keep everything together and juggle all the balls and spin all the plates. And so we can get really bitter and resentful unconsciously, right? We're nice people. We Mm -hmm. don't admit that out loud. Uh, But if you peel enough layers back, many of us, me included, we've got junk down there, ladies. (laughs) We can put pretty (laughs) makeup on and we can have a nice conversation and know the right words to say. But we all, me included, lots of junk. I'm just this morning, the Lord's showing me some anger that I have that I'm like, wow, didn't even know that was down there. (laughs) (laughs) Unflattering. If we would work through this stuff preventatively, We don't have to get into burnout. And now we can come into a season of generativity where I want to turn around. I want to bless. I want to give. I want to give out of a full cup, not because I'm supposed to and it's my role and I should. It's not a works for God either, but it's a sense of abundance. And as I've received so much, I want to give so much to others. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that was a perfect segue into us uh, kind of announcing, I guess, that you are going to actually be moderating our next Candid Conversation event, which we are going to have on June 24th. And we will have a link in the show notes where everybody can register. Uh, you know, one of the things, the main thing that we're going to be discussing is the mental health crisis that is, I say, emerging among women in the workplace, but let's be honest, we've had it. Mm-hmm. Um it's just being more pronounced maybe because of just the added stresses like we've talked about of pandemic living. So, I mean, I know I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be something that so many are in our community, you know, I say, unfortunately, but also maybe fortunately, you know, that they're, they're going to be just drawn to joining us that night. So, you know, I would just love to know you're going to moderate, you know, what, what is something that you are most looking forward to with that? And then I think too, it'd be interesting to hear you share, you know, like what is one goal, you know, that you have for that evening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly honored and excited. I think it'll be a fantastic <laughs> evening. Um, oh, I yeah. really love when different women come together. I love panels mm. because there's so many perspectives. You know, my brain is going to highlight one thing and that'll be, of course, amazing. (laughs) But there's going to be other people that have way amazing things that I didn't even Mm -hmm. think of or they're capturing an angle from a totally different perspective. And so I love panels because it's uh, it's also women all who are in the trenches. And so I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people who have these conversations tend to be a little bit more from the esoteric, from the theory, from here's Mm -hmm. how we should handle stress and the crisis and everybody. But I love that it's like, it's chaplains, it's psychologists, it's all these people that are 
in the trenches, in the workplace, doing it day in, day out and saying, hey, here are the themes. Here's what we're seeing. Here's our takeaways. Mm -hmm. Here's conversations I'm having with 12,000 people that I wish I could have one time in this webinar right now and just kind of yeah. unilaterally <laughs> tell everybody the same like yeah. rule of thumb. Like this is just a key that you need to know. Yeah. And I yeah. love the um, the chat function as well. I think we yeah. are recipients mm -hmm. of a lot of information, but it's so nice right. to have an environment where one, we can normalize and say, oh, you too, me too, also yeah. same. And there's this yeah. human thing that happens. Uh, it's actually through your mirror neurons where you resonate with somebody and you feel known and seen at a level that many mm. of us don't allow. Um, yesterday was mother's day and my mom has recently gone to be with Jesus. And so I was mm -hmm. sitting in church, uh, a wonderful place, nothing bad about the environment, but I was like in pain and I was mm -hmm. sad and I'm angry that I'm sad and I feel invisible because I'm so darn good at having a mask on and nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to fake my way through a conversation and people be like, I'm so sorry about the loss of your mom, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just got to escape this place right now. I just cannot fake my way through it. And so fortunately, the Lord is so sweet. He had some friends text me. And so a friend called and she was like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know. I'm angry and I'm sad and I've yeah. got all these emotions and yeah. I don't understand them and blah, blah. And so just being able to have a human resonate and get it and seeing the empathy yeah. on her face and hearing it in her voice, that it was just like, oh, I feel known. And if yeah. this is just audio, then you can still get it through voice. That when we tell stories and we come together, the greatest way throughout history that humans have been uh, knit together in culture has been through storytelling. And so mm -hmm. when I feel known, I feel like my story is resonating with somebody else and she's describing her experience. And I'm like, yeah, me too. There's mm -hmm. this sense of like being known and attunement. If yeah. it was like an instrument, it's a tuning fork, like this sense of resonating, like I am known, I am seen. And that in itself can turn off that cortisol stress response. We talked about the mm -hmm. amygdala, the fire alarm, just coming mm -hmm. to this yep. webinar and hearing stories, hearing real people in your situation who love you, who have practical tools, but also can validate and understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And then you can have a function where you can chat and engage. Um, and obviously I have to say as a psychologist, I can't provide, you know, therapist information, right. but I can give general right. information. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited about is women being knit together through storytelling. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yep. And I, you know, we, we have the chat, uh, in our previous installments in the series last year. And it just, it's incredible to watch God work through the chat, which sounds so strange, but like, it's very true. I mean, you, you would just see these women who yeah. maybe they knew each other, maybe they didn't. And, you know, they would just be sharing and, and, you know, replying to replies. And like, it was just, it was really cool to watch that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I think especially for this one, you know, being able to be on that chat and be able to actually have that conversation. You know, it is a candid conversation. Yes. So, you know, we, we want people to be interacting. So yes, mm -hmm. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be incredible. Um, so like I said, we'll have a link, uh, in the show notes for you to register for that. So I, you know, as we, as we get ready to wrap up, I, I hate to break up this conversation, but you know, is there just anything that you feel like you need to leave us with before we wrap up? My biggest takeaway, and it's been woven throughout everything I've said, is that you are mm -hmm. not alone. 
If you're mm-hmm. listening to this mm-hmm. and you've kind of excused, well, that's not my story, or you know, maybe I'm an entrepreneur, or maybe I'm out of work, maybe I'm looking for yeah. work, maybe I don't have other relationships and I'm really alone in this season. Maybe we haven't mm-hmm. tapped on some of the stressors and the areas you're in. I want you to know you belong here. I want you mm-hmm. to know that forward is a safe place. I want you to know mm-hmm. the arms of Jesus are always open to you. I want you to know that you will never, ever be forgotten, that you will never be left or forsaken. And for some of you, it's really easy to feel alone and isolated, especially when you're working remotely or you're looking for a job and you're Mm -hmm. in a transition season. Maybe you lost your business last year or this year. Man, there's so many things going on. And I just want you to say, I want to say, get in community get in forward, get in church community, in whatever area you're in, please do not isolate. You're not the outlier. You know, many people feel like they're the one on the assembly line that fell over and broke and then God super glued them back together. And then like, don't tell her she's broken. You know, everybody else is normal, but her. It's so easy (laughs) to isolate. It's so Mm -hmm. easy to self-exclude yourself and not Mm -hmm. even realize you're doing it, please go back into community, whatever safe and you're comfortable with, even if it's virtual, please tell your story. Let people love you. Let people be there for you. Yesterday, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to let my church family love me. They didn't do anything Mm -hmm. wrong. This Mm -hmm. is all me. I felt this unconscious need to have this smiley face. That was my deal, right? I have to work on that in my own therapy. But then when my friend (laughs) called... And she was like, Shannon, how are you? I had a choice. Mm. Yeah. Well, actually, she didn't call. She texted and I said, I'm not doing well. She said, can I call? Right. So I had to mm-hmm. moment yeah. by moment say yes to being vulnerable and allowing that yeah. in. Yeah. I want you to know God has already put people in your life, but many times we have blinders and we're thinking mm. we still have to power, willpower ourselves through it instead of saying, hey, communities around you. You know, not everybody is safe, obviously, to share the intimate matters of your heart. The Bible says don't put your pearls before swine. But there are good people. There are good people. Please allow someone, even if it's a therapist, a pastor, mm-hmm. a life coach, whatever you need to do to finally take all the false self off, take the mask off and be known don't stay Mm -hmm. alone. You don't have to. Life is so much better. And for my client that went from literally suicidal, we were going to have to put her in the hospital for safety purposes. And now Mm -hmm. several, lots of months later, she's now in the place that she is emotionally well, far better Mm -hmm. because that's how God works, upgrades, far better than she ever went into that stressful season of getting the anxiety and depression and spiraling. Mm -hmm. Now, far better, probably actually has a real relationship, authentic relationship with Jesus. And now she's starting to come alive to dreams and desires, and she's having more meaningful connection with her family, and she's enjoying her work more. So for my encouragement to you is please don't isolate. You're not alone. Please reach out, get help, and prevent, live in a lifestyle of prevention and maintenance to care for yourself. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation with Dr. Crawford. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash Dr. Crawford. That is the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash D-R-C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help us uh, reach more women and just grow our audience. So your feedback is just incredibly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.